السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam His entire household, all his companions We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless them all And to bless every single one of us My brothers and sisters When we fulfill salah we should never be in a rush. When we fulfill salah and the prayer that we fulfill five times a day, one of the biggest weaknesses that we have is we always are in a rush because we'd like to do something else. So we are always rushing and we are always thinking of the thing that we are going to be doing after the prayer. Try and change that. In order to save ourselves, from losing the reward of such a great connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, put everything aside. You know, when we are on our phones, especially nowadays, you have technology, you have all these social media platforms, you have WhatsApp, etc. When you are sitting with your phone, you can sit for hours on end and you won't even know that the time has passed. Why don't we realize that when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let everything wait. Take your time in rukuah. Say the dhikr properly. Get up and go to the prostration, to the sujood. And take your time there and come up without thinking of what you are going to be doing after you complete that prayer. This is a gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He bestows upon those who are keen to please Him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from them. Yesterday we ended on verse number 86 of Surah An-Nisa where I spoke about the greeting. The importance of responding to a greeting and at the same time being genuine when you greet someone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا حُيِّيتٌ مِنْهَا When you are greeted with a greeting, then respond to it with a better greeting or at least give it back exactly as it is, something equal. For indeed, Allah takes record of absolutely everything. When we say, Assalamu alaikum, did you know it is a dua? It is a prayer. It is a supplication. You are asking for the person whom you are using that greeting upon. So you say, may peace be upon you. What that means is, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bestow His peace and blessings upon you and His mercy if we were to add wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So, as-salam would actually mean all the different aspects of peace. I would like them to be on you. Starting with me, I won't harm you. Subhanallah. And then we respond similarly to wish the person also similar peace. What a beautiful greeting. Allah says, if you are, in fact, the hadith of Muhammad says, Should I not direct you to something if you are to fulfill it? It will result in mutual love. Love will spread amongst you. Afshu salama baynakum. Spread the greeting of salam and spread peace amongst yourselves. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. Don't make it a habit of greeting only those you know or only those in position of authority or related to you or your friends. Make it a habit to greet people you know and those you don't know. Greet them with a smile and mean it from your heart. Be genuine when it comes to the greeting. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. Verse number 94 of Surah An-Nisa. A beautiful lesson. It is revealed in the context of warfare. 
where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when you go out and when you are traveling on the earth, and as I said, it was revealed in the context of war. Don't say to someone who greeted you with the salam that you are not a mu'min, you are not a Muslim. The fact that he greets you with assalamu alaikum, the first feeling within your heart should be that this person is a Muslim. Yes, if you authenticate and you find out, there are some people who might greet you with that greeting just because they know it. So they are happy and proud to greet you with a similar greeting. You have that a lot in our communities where a non-Muslim will say, Salaamu Alaikum, just because they know it and they will smile at you. So the point being raised here, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu idha darabtum fi sabilillahi fatabayyanu فَتَبَيَّنُوا وَلَا تَقُولُوا لِمَنْ أَلْقَى إِلَيْكُمُ السَّلَامَ لَسْتَ مُؤْمِنًا O you who believe, when you are treading on the earth, going out to battle or going out in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then authenticate and make sure thoroughly before labeling someone who has greeted you with salam as a non-Muslim. This goes to show, if we'd like to save ourselves from harm and from hatred in our own communities and societies, we must abstain from calling people kafir. You might want to say a certain deed is a deed of kufr, but don't ever label someone a kafir. It is extremely dangerous. It is very, very dangerous. We are taught that if there is one sign of iman, and there are so many signs of kufr, that one sign of iman overtakes the signs of kufr. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us. We ask Allah to help us love one another and to increase the love and the mahabba in the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Today we are in desperate need of that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of an extremely important issue. Do you know that we as Muslimin, when we commit sin, we are taught to repent. We've spoken about it. We also know Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. Allah's mercy extends beyond seeking forgiveness and forgiving only because you have sought forgiveness. He will also forgive you at times without you having sought forgiveness, if He wills. So He says, when a person dies, He will look at the deeds of the person and they will be put on the scale. You know, if your good deeds are heavier than your bad, he will ignore the bad and put you into Jannah. And if your bad deeds are more than your good, then he will look at those bad deeds and he may just forgive them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive our bad. He may just forgive those bad deeds. But there is one sin he says, I won't forgive. If you commit it in your lifetime and you seek forgiveness while you're alive, I will forgive you. But if you die in the condition of not having sought forgiveness from that particular sin, it is so serious, it is the most serious sin, Allah says, so serious that if you die without asking me to forgive you, I'm not going to forgive you for that particular sin. But anything else, I may forgive you even if you haven't asked for forgiveness and you die in that condition. So look at the mercy of Allah and look at the power of Allah and look at how serious this must be because for Ghafoorul Rahim, most forgiving, most merciful, to tell you there's one thing, I really won't forgive you. We should be bothered about it. It should be the topic of every day's discussion because we should make sure we are not engaged in it at all. So what is it? It is something known as association of partnership with Allah in the Arabic language, a shirk. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. Normally and usually when we use the word shirk, 
a lot of people tend to get upset. Why are you overusing this word? The reality is, look at how serious it is. Look at how serious it is. Allah says, it's the only thing that I will become so angry with that if you have died without seeking the forgiveness, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I won't forgive you. Listen to the verse, number 116 of Surah An-Nisa. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَن يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَن يَشَاءُ Allah will not forgive. Allah will not forgive a person who dies without seeking forgiveness from shirk, from association of partners with him in worship, ascribing with him partners in worship. But besides that sin, he can forgive anything he wishes. That's what he says. He will forgive whatever he wishes. That one, he warns us. And he says, don't come on the day of judgment and say, you were not warned. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. May we save ourselves from shirk. May we save ourselves from being among the losers on the day of judgment. Wallahi, my brothers and sisters, if it wasn't a serious matter, we wouldn't discuss it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have mentioned it. But because He has mentioned it in a more serious way than any other sin, it's important for us to keep on speaking about it, whether people like it or not. Whether they don't like us as a result or like us. It's got nothing to do with the truth. The truth will remain. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. Then Allah speaks about justice. What happens nowadays is, and this is something serious, People know who is right and who is wrong, but they will side with the person who is wrong knowingly because that's their father or that's the brother, that's a family member or it's a wealthy person or it's a person who you work for, someone in authority. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us. Allah says, stand firm for justice even if it is against yourself or your fathers, your parents or your relatives. You need to be just. You need to stand firm for justice. A Muslim will always side with whoever is right, no matter who it is. There were times at the, at the or occasions at the time of the Prophet wasallam and thereafter, when there were disputes with, between Muslims and non-Muslims. And the judges or the decision was made in favor of he who was right. And if it happened to be the non-Muslim, so it was served in his favor. And this is how the non-Muslims accepted Islam as well. They realized that these people stand for justice no matter what. Even though I'm not a Muslim, there is an incident of Shuraih, the Qadi, where there was something between Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu and another man. And the judge actually asked for the evidence. Shuraih, who was the Qadi, he was a very famous Qadi, rahmatullahi alayhi, a judge. He asked for the evidence and later on, he told Amirul Mu'mineen Ali radiallahu anhu, you know, as much as I know, I know something, but I have to judge based on evidence and the evidence is in favor of this man. Anyway, they gave that man whatever it was and that man went away and as he's going away, he realized that, you know, these Muslimin, they granted me something and I know it's not actually mine. Subhanallah. He came back, he declared his shahada and he declared what the truth was according to one of the narrations. So, this is something very important. Allah says in verse number 135 of Surah An-Nisa. <laughs> 
O you who believe, stand firm for justice, declaring the witness for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if it is against yourselves or your parents or your relatives, if the one is wealthy or poor, remember Allah comes before them. That's what Allah is saying. Allah comes first. May Allah protect us. Like we said, save yourselves from the punishment of this world and the next by being just. Save yourselves by giving the bad image of Islam by being just and honest and upright. It is something important. Then we all want to save ourselves from the punishment of Jahannam. That's the topic of our series this year. Save yourself. So Allah says in verse number 147 of Surah An-Nisa, He tells us something. He says, Allah doesn't want to punish you. He doesn't need to punish you. He's not gaining anything by punishing you. So Allah says, ما يفعل الله بعذابكم إن شكرتم وآمنتم. What is Allah going to do by punishing you if you are going to be thankful and you are going to believe? Which means if you want to save yourself from the punishment of Allah, you need to be thankful, show gratitude to Allah by doing what? You know we are taught to say Allahumma laka alhamdu wa laka shukr. Oh Allah, for you belongs all praise and all thanks. Oh Allah, for you belongs all praise and all thanks. But that's not enough. We cannot just say things and not mean it. How many of us use the word I love you when you don't love someone? Let's be honest. You see the laughter? Can you hear it happening here? You know you've deceived people by telling them I love you and you don't love them just because you want to get to them perhaps in an immoral way. So you say I love you and like I said the other day, perhaps you might add some tajweed to that to try and make it sound true. I love you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. So there is no point in someone saying I love you when their life is being led in the direction of hatred towards that person. Similarly, there is no point in someone saying, Oh Allah, I thank you for everything you've given me. But there's no salah, there's no zakah, there's no proper dress code. We don't get out of the clubs. We are not people who leave and quit pornography and all the bad habits for the sake of Allah. Even if you don't say, I love you. You know, our parents, our parents and grandparents, I'm sure a lot of you would admit, have you ever heard them tell each other, I love you? I don't think so. But... They loved each other more than you and I love our own spouses. You see, because they knew that, look, it's got to do with the value of the relationship. It's not got to do with a mere statement today. Even if you say it a thousand times, your wife will say, I don't believe you. <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. So my brothers and sisters, it's extremely interesting that for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is more important, prove yourself by getting up for salah, by fulfilling your duties unto Allah. Read the Quran, recite it, go through its meaning, prepare for the day you meet with Allah and also declare the praise of Allah through your tongue. That is also important, but it's not the only thing. Remember that. So this is a very important verse for us to save ourselves from the punishment. Allah says, what is Allah going to do by punishing you if you are thankful and if you believe? May Allah grant us that. Amen. Then it's important for us to know that backbiting is prohibited. We all know that. But sometimes if someone does something bad to you and you want to seek justice or you want to warn the other people about the bad that this person has done to you, are you allowed to talk about it? The answer is yes. It's not backbiting. Imagine you go to report someone to the police and you know, you've been beaten up or someone has done something wrong to you and you go there and you say, you know, someone did something wrong to me but I can't talk because it'll be backbiting. You cannot do that. Or someone asks you, there are two things that you need to be very honest about. You will be punished if you are not honest. 
When someone asks you the opinion of another person when they want to get married to the person, you have to be brutally honest. There's no backbiting in that regard. You have to be brutally honest. And when someone is asking you your opinion because they want to enter into a business transaction with someone and you have had previous experience, it is your duty to be brutally honest. Look, brother, I did a deal with this man and he robbed me for $20,000. Straight. Look, you can find out from others, but with me, I had a raw deal and I'm just letting you know. Let them have the information without wanting to, or without telling them, no, don't do this. And he's a terrible man. He's a crook. He's a this, he's a that. Mention what happened and stop there. So the idea must only be to inform them so that they can be aware. That's it. It's not to belittle someone else. Remember that. The same applies if you were married to someone and you, someone else wants to marry them and you know they are on drugs. My parents, listen to this. If you know your child is on drugs, wallahi, it's haram to hide it from someone who wants to get married to your child thinking that never mind, they, as it is, everyone is on weed, isn't it? Remember I told you before, the only weed that's permissible for Muslimin is tajweed. <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. The rest of the weed we don't know about. It's not permissible. You cannot say it. So be brutally honest. Look, it's my son. We've had an issue with him regarding substance abuse. Mashallah, we went for rehab and I'm quite sure he is safe and he's out. Out of that. Or you can be honest. Look, he's got a problem and this is his bad habit. If you know it, never hide. Parents sometimes lose their hereafter by lying about their children to make them seem like they are all, you know, saintly and godly. Not being honest because they just want the child to get married. You have issued a death sentence to someone else's daughter sometimes. You have issued a, really you have punished someone else for no reason. They might have had children with your child and you knew all along and you lied. So Allah says, be honest in this regard. There is no backbiting. Don't come and say, I didn't tell you because you know that would have been backbiting, man. Allahu Akbar. The man's got two children outside of wedlock and you didn't say it. Come on, why not? No, it would be backbiting. Now you've suddenly become so holy and pious, but you don't even read your salah. You don't even fulfill zakah. You're not even interested. You're on the bottle every other day. May Allah forgive us. May Allah help us save yourselves from all these bad habits in order to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us verse number 148, Surah An-Nisa. Allah does not like for someone to openly utter bad in speech regarding someone else. Except for the one who was oppressed. You are oppressed, you have every right to go and seek justice, to let others know this is what happened to me. I'm not talking about a third party and fourth party. That you're not allowed. That's backbiting. But I am talking about first party, second party. You are allowed to speak about someone you had first-hand dealings with and you know this person is bad or you know that they have some quality in them that is dangerous. It's up to you to let the people know for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like I said, not to belittle someone, but to save the others. You want to save yourself from harm, you would appreciate it if someone else warned you in advance regarding these two issues. Similarly, you should warn others in advance regarding the same two issues. Never lie in this regard. May Allah forgive us. I know of so many cases of marriages that have taken place and the people are suffering just because there was lies before the marriage. They covered up in a very big way 
for the sins and the bad habits and characters of one of the two of them or both of them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us from among those. Ameen. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the beautiful deen. And the fact that if you are to disbelieve, it's not going to harm Allah. If a person disbelieves, it's them who are plunging themselves into hellfire. Nothing happens to Allah. Allah doesn't need our worship. And Allah is not benefited by a person who worships him, nor is he harmed by one who does not worship him. The benefit and harm is for us as human beings. So Allah says in verse number 170 of Surah An-Nisa, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ قَدْ جَاءَكُمُ الرَّسُولُ بِالْحَقِّ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ فَآمِنُوا خَيْرًا لَكُمْ O people, the messenger has come to you with the truth from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The truth from your Rabb. So believe it's better for you. It's better for you. Allah says, believe in what the messenger has brought. It's better for you. But thereafter he says, and if you are to disbelieve, then remember, nothing changes in the ownership that Allah has of the heavens and the earth. Nothing changes. If you disbelieve, it hasn't affected Allah in a slight, in the slightest way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us save ourselves from the wrath that is in this world as well as the next. Ameen. We move on to Surah Al-Ma'idah, a surah named after the laid tablecloth. In it, mention is made of some halal food, haram food, how important it is to say the name of Allah when you are sacrificing or slaughtering the animal and so on, how to do it in the most humane way, which animals are permissible, not permissible. Some detail is mentioned. But let's remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse number two of Surah Al-Ma'idah, he tells us something whereby if we were to fulfill it, we would save ourselves from a lot of harm in this world. Allah says you cooperate with one another, not in bad, only in good. Don't cooperate with one another in sin and in evil, no. But help each other when it comes to achieving something good, something beneficial, something that is righteous, something that is filled with God consciousness, then you help each other. Listen to what Allah says. وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِذْنِ وَالتَّقْوَى وَلَا تَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْعُدْوَانِ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ And cooperate with one another. Help one another when it comes to righteousness and piety. That which is good, upright, beneficial, positive. Anything that is good, you help one another, you will support one another. But that which is bad, Allah says, never ever cooperate with each other when it comes to sin and enmity, hatred, etc. Don't. So if someone tells you, can I have a lift with you, brother? Where are you going? I'm going to the masjid, mashallah. Okay, welcome my brother. Why? I'm helping him to achieve something good. I will get a reward for it. But he says, you know, I'm just going to the club around the corner. You know, it looks at you like this. What do you do? You excuse yourself. My brother, you can even say a word. Please don't go there. Please don't do that. It is harmful for you. And you drive away, leaving him in the cold. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive him and forgive us. Don't think, you know, it's cold. He's a human being. Let me just take him to the pub. You know, at the end of the day, he might scrounge a dollar or two from you. Do you know that? And he will tell you, hey, but you know, now I don't know how I'm going to go back and I need transport and I just need one rand, just one. He's told that to another 50 people. Do you know that? 
And you're not going to give him one rand. You're going to give him ten or five. Be careful. Do not cooperate when it comes to sin. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala definitely will hold you responsible. You take a share of that sin because you were involved in it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. The same applies when wrong is going on in any way. Don't be a part of it. When people are sitting and backbiting, the Quran says, and we will see it perhaps in one of the days, where the Quran tells us to get up and walk out. Don't be a party to that. Because Allah says, you don't want to be just like them in sin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Like I said, save yourselves the hassle by only cooperating regarding goodness. Amen. Then we speak again in Surah Al-Ma'idah about justice, but this time from a different angle. We already spoke about your parents and justice, whether it is against yourself and your relatives, the rich and the poor. That was in the previous surah. When it comes to Surah Al-Ma'idah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses a similar verse, but He says, you need to be just even with your enemies. Don't let your hatred for someone make you be unjust. Sometimes you dislike someone. So a person says, you know, I really hate these people. And something happens. And those people are innocent, for example. And you say, no, 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 I don't mind. I don't give a damn. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, even with your enemies, you must be just. Listen to the verse. Verse number 8. Never let your hatred of a nation make you be unjust with them. Be just no matter what. It is definitely closer to piety and fear Allah. Be conscious of Allah. You are answerable to Allah. If someone is innocent, they are innocent. Even if they happen to be from amongst your enemies. The man is owed something. Be just. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from the torment and the punishment that will be served to those who are unjust. Amen. Then we have the issue of murder. Mentioned also in Surah Al-Ma'idah, the story of Abel and Cain, Habil and Qabil, the children of Adam, alayhi salatu wasalam. Verse number 28 and verse number 32 and the verses between, they make mention of this story where the children of Adam, they fought each other. They became jealous of one another. Remember, jealousy can lead to much more. It can become physical and it can become really dangerous. Loss of life can also occur. And the seed was only a seed of jealousy. So stop being jealous of others. In the case of Abel and Cain, Habil and Qabil, the children of Adam, may peace be upon him. The one says, I'm going to kill you to his brother. Cain tells Abel, he's going to kill him. So Abel or Habil, he tells his brother Qabil, he says, you know what? Why do you want to do that? What is that to start with? But Shaytan had already taught him how to kill. And so he says, and this is a beautiful verse, number 28. If you are going to stretch your hand in order to commit the crime of murder, let it be known to you that I am not going to stretch my hand in order to commit the crime. Because I fear Allah, the Lord of the worlds. Anyway, the one committed the crime. And you know what happened thereafter? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of something extremely powerful. 
He regretted it because he killed his brother. And after that, Allah says, we wrote upon the children of the Prophet Yaqub, the children of Israel, we wrote for them. And the rule applies to all of us that if you kill one innocent person, it is equivalent to having killed entire humanity because you committed a grave injustice. Life is sacred. Remember that you cannot just take it away. Life is sacred. So if you are to kill one innocent person, it is as though you have destroyed entire humanity. And if you have saved one life, it is equivalent to having saved entire humanity. Notice here, Allah doesn't use the word Muslim. Allah doesn't use the word believer. Allah uses the word nafs. Nafs meaning a soul, an individual, a person, anyone. You saved their life, you've saved humanity. You took their life away, you've taken the life away of humanity. Listen to the verse, Allah says, because of that we prescribed upon the children of Yaqub that if you were to take the life away of one innocent person, it is as though you have taken the life away of entire humanity. And if you have saved one, you have saved entire humanity. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us fulfill His command. May Allah help us to regard and to consider life sacred as it is. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallahi wa bihamdih. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayki.